the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and as usual, my co-host Larry Dersham and I have been very busy this week covering all of the headlines, but we really want to just say how blessed we are to have a repeat guest tonight and not to hold anybody in suspense. Larry, who is the wonderful person we have online with us? Most of you know our next guest is Dr. Albita King and she is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And she's also an evangelist and a human rights activist. But she has a creative side to her that most people have no idea about. And we're going to learn a little bit about that today. Uh, She's such an amazing person. Joe Albita. Welcome to the show, Alvita. You know, one of the things we love having you on for is you are just beautiful inside and out in so many ways. We're so happy to have you. Um, One of the things we always like to sort of talk about right at the beginning is what you've been up to. I know you have so many projects and so many irons in the fire, as we say. But we wanted to ask you a little bit about your uh, most recent miniseries and some of the projects you're working on there. Well, it's so funny when I'm working with friends and associates, my bookers, and I was talking to my booker today from the business end of everything and checking for taxes and all that, and I said, well, you know I've got projects. And the immediate response was a chuckle. You always have projects. (laughs) (laughs) And so what people don't understand, Dr. Wendy, we are an incubator ministry, and we help people who don't have a voice, nobody will listen to them, and they may have incredible creativity and talents and et cetera. We can help them structure. We can help them figure out how to jump off into having that voice heard. And so we might do a first book with them or first music project or first 501c3, a nonprofit. There are just so many things. And so I'm always having, I'm working on a couple of miniseries now. Uh, one, a documentary of the first lady, founding first lady of the church that I attend. And so we are working on a documentary there. I've got some new songs and music videos out that I participate in myself. So, and the pro-life work goes on, but pro-life is womb to tomb and beyond. So we want the babies to be born. I'll help with Auntie Angie's house, a maternity home, for example. We get the babies here, but we want them safe and learning and growing. We want them to have strong faith in God, 
So all of these things are what I'm doing right now, and I'm wrapping up some music, doing a Christian cooking show. <laughs> so those are some of the things I'm doing, Dr. Wendy. Alvita, this is Larry. I'm just curious, what changes or trends have you seen in our culture that are so concerning to you? Well, I'll tell you about some of the bad trends, but the good trends are more important. Be not overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good because God Amen. is good. So, Yeah. So when you see something really, really bad, you hear that someone hurt a child, for example, or New York flooded. And just different things that are happening. You hear things on the political scene. But we go out and we do something good. And if I can find one bad thing, I'm going to try to do five good things. For example, I live in Georgia, and we're starting She Leads Georgia under She Leads America. And we're honoring women who are out there accomplishing things in their lives. And with She Leads Georgia, She Leads America, we're working very hard. Here in Georgia, there was, before our Fulton County Commission, a an abortion organization asked for some money from Fulton County. So many of us in the pro-life community went down and said, no, give it to the pregnancy care centers, give it to the maternity homes, and this is what we will do with it. And so the initiative to give the money to the abortion people failed. And so you just go around. There are really bad things happening all the time, but there are good things, and the hand of God is moving in our lives. And I thank you for the opportunity to even be here on with you before your audience explaining this. So thank you. Yeah, you know, Alvita, that has got to be one of the first and foremost things that we as evangelists have to talk about is it's headline news to talk about the bad, the, the treacherous, the tragic, all of the terrible things that are happening without recognizing that, like you said, I mean, I've seen it in my career as a prosecutor. For every house that burns down, you have 300 people seeking to rebuild it. For every child that goes missing, yes. you have thousands of people out there in the fields and scouring every inch of land until they find the missing child. I mean, it's just one of those things that we love to celebrate how God is working. He takes all of the blame. He gets none of the credit. But, but Alvia, you know, one thing we love about you is you really talk about how we can come together. You know, the division is there. We recognize that. We all know that. But what are some of the ways that we can, at least on a, on a micro level, maybe, if not a macro level, try to course correct and understand there's really more that unites us and divides us. My good friend Ginger Howard and I have been very successful. Uh, right during COVID, actually, we wrote a book, We Are Not Colorblind. And we began to talk about being one blood, one human race from the womb to the tomb and beyond. We've been very successful because in many yes. conversations now, you don't hear people say my race and your race. They'll say my ethnicity, your ethnicity. So mm. really just flipping the script to get people to see that we're one blood, one human race, and that human dignity is for everyone, whether we agree with them or not. And we want to be kind. I didn't say nice. I'm really not a nice person myself. I'm, I work on being kind. <laughs> Sometimes nice can be very harmful. I don't want to tell you the truth. I'm going to be nice. It's the truth yeah. that sets us free. So we have to learn with compassion, with love, 
and with the out, desired outcome being healing, to tell the truth. It's not always nice to tell the truth, but it is always kind to tell the truth. That's great. Uh, Albita, you say that uh, you've called for transforming a culture one note at a time. And then you say a picture is worth a thousand words. Add music and images to those words, and you can make or break a culture. I believe that. Do you believe that, too? Well, two of my newest songs, Golden Thread, and you can see on YouTube in a little video, Alveda King, Golden Thread. Then there's another one, Your Am Can Change. Don't just say, that's the way I am, nothing I can do about it. Well, the great I am says you can change, and you actually can. And let me add one more. We did one called Grown Folk Business with a childlike face. So whether it's a song, a smile, a message, uh, you help somebody get a meal. There are so many things that we can all do. If we are running corporations, for example, make those who work with us not feel like slaves and subservient, but colleagues and part of the overall good of the company. There are just so many things that we can do, and we, it starts with you, Larry, or Dr. Wendy, or with me, and it should grow out from there. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, you know, by talking about all the good work you're doing, and I love it, you're like on so many different mediums, you're singing and it's music and it's advocacy. And part of what I think we just love about you the most is your proactivity. I mean, no grass grows under your feet. Every time we look at what you're doing, it's this whole other green mission field of investment in your community, in people, in ideas, and spreading the gospel. And, you know, on, on a personal level, I know a lot of our listeners want to know, how do you keep the energy up? What is your secret? Are you a coffee person? Is it just all the Holy Spirit? What are some of the secrets as to how you just remain engaged every second of every day? I do drink coffee every day at 73 years of age. I have in my mother's womb as well as my birthday. 73rd birthday is coming up in January. But I say I'm 73, I count the womb time. But I sleep, I do drink coffee almost every day. I've lost some weight, I need to lose a lot more, so I pay attention to what I eat. So I do all that. I read my Bible every day. And I try to do something kind every day. So that does energize me, absolutely. That's great. You know, Alvita, when I watch the news every night, it's like usually one bad story after another. And I've kind of come to the conclusion the only way to really solve this is have a great national uh, repentance and awakening, turning back to Jesus, turning back to God. And so we change the hearts of men and women. We're just spinning our wheels in many uh, cases. Do you think that? Can I say this to all of us? If you're like me, I used to have 6 million people on Facebook. It dropped down to about 300,000. It's going back up a little bit. Twitter, I used to have hundreds of thousands, and it went back to right around 100,000 for a minute. But don't be discouraged. Use your platforms, whatever they are, in every generation. That's about every 15 years as a generation. Every decade, that's about 10 years. And on every platform, that's available. Because we all have a dominion territory. We are created in the image and likeness of God, and we're supposed to have dominion. So use your opportunities. And when you hear good news, go 
good news, do something else good. When you hear bad news, amen. do something good. Just do it. We, do it. Amen. I love that. We're at the very end of the show, Alvita. I cannot think of a better way to end it. Thank you so much for your participation today. We just love having you on. AlvitaKing.com. AlvitaKing.com. We are going to be promoting that as well. And you are listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I talked uh, a couple of weeks ago about a little bit of a political bent, maybe just a little bit, but it's hard not to pay attention to just, let's just say, the litigation going on surrounding the uh, presidential race. And one of the most interesting parts of that litigation has to do not with one of the four indictments, but with a civil trial that former President Donald Trump is engaged in, uh, a civil trial regarding valuation of assets. Now, anybody that pays taxes understands that this can be true. And obviously, everybody has to be very truthful and careful and and, uh, mindful that the numbers work and that they're right and they're correct and they're accurate. Uh, But, Larry, one of the things that you um, obviously in the course of your legal career have probably seen a lot of is, you know, you get clients that come to you and – they either have wrong numbers or they're being deliberately misleading about the numbers. What have you noticed or why is so much being made of whether or not the former president overvalued the assets that he had? Well, when it comes to paying, for example, property tax, it comes to the tax office, and they put a value on it. That's interesting. But if you're trying to market your property, uh, you often will times hire a, uh, an appraiser that has all the right credentials, and they do have very special credentials, the good ones, and they put a market uh, value on it. Another way is you get a really good uh, national uh, uh, commercial real estate firm if they're selling a big property like a hotel, and uh, they will put a, a market value on that property as well. And oftentimes the tax people will borrow off of one of those numbers. It's very... Uh, uh, it's stone at all. And uh, so I, I, however this happened, I don't think it's a big deal. As President Trump said, uh, nobody was hurt. Everybody's happy. So what's the problem? 
<laughs> well, you know, in my line of work, we say there's no such thing as a victimless crime. But it's also true that there are different levels of liability for different types of things. And we're, we're actually talking about a, a civil case here. And the reason that's important is I, there's a lot of confusion surrounding the, the various bits of litigation that the former president is involved in. And there's been much made of his decision to actually show up at the trial in person. You know, that's one of the things that, de- depending on the proceedings, you may or may not have to do. He's going to have to be there at four criminal trials, but he chose to be there uh, for the first couple of days, at least, uh, of his civil trial. And wouldn't you know it, it already led to a request for a gag order. And, you know, when judges impose gag orders, that's usually a last resort, because obviously everybody has free speech rights and they are able to, you know, do do what they need to do to, to discuss their cases um, you know, publicly, especially if they're running for office. But you can't say anything that's going to jeopardize an upcoming proceeding. That would be unfair. And I know there's a lot of uh, there, there are two running narratives about the propriety of the former president's comments. I think I know where you're going to weigh in, Larry, but what do you say? Well, it's interesting that, uh, as I understand, that the gag order has to do with a post or, or post on his, uh, his Twitter-like platform. What is it called? Uh, Truth Social? And right. he was criticizing one of the uh, employees, perhaps the court clerk. Now, I don't know why anybody would feel led to do that. Uh, I, I would not do that. that does that uh, require a gag order? And so I think, I think with the, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's a limited gag order. Yeah. So one of the things that the the judge basically said is when he attacked the court clerk and, as you say, his social media post, um, he mentioned it in court and he talked about uh, it having been deleted. And he basically said, and this is a quote from the judge, personal attacks of any member of my court staff are unacceptable, inappropriate, and I will not tolerate them. Uh, Now, one interesting dynamic of that statement is the former president, Trump, was looking straight ahead of the judge as he issued that order, uh, which was, of course, followed by a, a rule that said the parties must not speak publicly about any members of the court staff. You mentioned it's limited. There are many times that you have limited gag orders. They can be limited in scope. They can be limited in terms of who's covered by the gag order. Um, but one of the things that distinguished Trump's post, and we've seen this with other things he posted, he not only attacked the clerk, but he claimed that she was a, quote, girlfriend to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, um, the New York Democrat. He showed a picture of them together. He's notorious for going above and beyond and editorializing in such a fashion that, you know, the courts that are overseeing his cases may feel the need to impose guardrails. And Larry, I don't know, is that your impression of that's all they did here? It looks like it, but it's also my impression, and I can't prove it, but I just think we, we're all gifted with, uh, born with common sense. The, the, the way that these lawsuits are coming uh, at him one, two, three, you know, four, and keeps on going, indicates that uh, they do not want him to be president. It, it, it indicates that uh, they're really having to dig deep to find out uh, something that they could possibly accuse him of. And to me, it is really amounts to election interference. And uh, well, go ahead. 
One thing that we've noticed in terms of uh, how these lawsuits and the prosecutions are impacting um, his candidacy, obviously he can't be both a defendant, a litigant, and a uh, and also a candidate. Or can he? And that's the question. That's sort of the other uh, narrative running here. Is is it really going to hurt him in the polls? Now, obviously, it's one thing to say, well, his numbers just increase and his fundraising is more effective every time he gets indicted. It's another thing to say that people want to vote for somebody with this much legal baggage. As we move forward into 2024, you can imagine, Larry, we are going to be having some very stimulating conversation about the interaction between what is going on in the courtroom and what's going on at the ballot box and whether or not he's even going to have the time. And one other very interesting thing, and I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about it, is which one of the former president's legal indictments is most pressing, is most troublesome, most problematic, most likely to result in a conviction. Now, we know that might take place before the election, and then, of course, the appellate process begins. But many are saying, well, you know, it's the it's the one that has to do um, with the one in D.C., where, you know, in the courthouse, that's a stone's throw from the Capitol. I don't know if you have any indication as to which of the indictments or even the civil lawsuits you think is the most problematic for the former president. I think he said, or somebody said that Georgia... Uh, that lawsuit down there where he called, I think, the Secretary of State saying, yeah, we're almost there. Could you possibly find me some more votes? I don't think he was asking the Secretary of State to cheat, but uh, I, I think I've heard that that uh, could be problematic for him. And then also, briefly going back to the gag order, is uh, if, if he violates that, what are the penalties and the fines? Could that get him in deep trouble? Yeah, so violating a gag order, there's a variety of things a judge can do. Um, a judge can impose civil penalties, sanctions, sometimes it's a fine. Um, there's a lot that judges can do that they don't want to do because they really want to give everybody an opportunity to comply. Um, and that's especially true when you're dealing with somebody that is just so verbose, always editorializing, always going off script. The judge will probably want to be very careful and very fair. See, that's the other thing is you don't want to say, well, I'm not going to sanction the offending party, because that's going to jeopardize the other side. And remember, both sides are entitled to a fair trial, not just the accused, not just the defendant in a civil trial. So it is a very fine line. And you can imagine that the judge presiding over this civil trial that we're talking about right now has thought through on his end what exactly he plans to do, not when, uh, or I should say not if, but when there is a violation. Wow. And then you have this other little interesting thing that's come around, and I don't even know if that's possible, Wendy, but some people are saying that Trump should be temporarily appointed as Speaker of the House. Kevin <laughs> is left. That would be dynamite. <laughs> that would really change the game. What do you think about that? Well, I don't, because it's it's, a, it's um, an interesting, uh, I guess it was interesting when it got brought up, but that's not something that's going to happen. Although I did have to have a bit of a chuckle when uh, I heard the former president's response to that idea. You know, like like former, you know, like his former glory when he was a, a talk show host and a media personality and he was always going on TV and saying, you're fired. He didn't automatically discount the possibility, therefore really giving a flame, uh, sort of fanning the flames a little bit. 
But I have to say, you know, what's probably more interesting in terms of what he says publicly about all of this is the fact that he said he will testify at his civil trial. I mean, can you even imagine that? Now, let's see if it actually happens. But I bring that up because, you know, to not absolutely vehemently deny uh, the speakership if you were nominated for it is just right in line with him always sort of leaving us guessing as to the next move. Larry, I don't know. You think it's a good idea for him to take the stand at this civil trial? I think he's getting so much free advertising for his campaign. I think he's he's garnering a lot of uh, empathy for being picked on so harshly. And I think there's nobody in the news. He is almost the news around the world, but especially in the United States. So uh, he knows what he's doing. He's a very smart man. I wouldn't always do it the same way uh, that he does regarding he's pretty rough on people sometimes, but uh, (laughs) in a rough spot as a country. So, uh, yeah, so we'll just have to see how this shakes out. I I think it might be uh, a good idea. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, okay. Next week, Larry, you and I are going to have to sift through sort of the the latest developments in that trial because, um, and I'm going to end with the silver lining. You know, we always out free speech rights and the fact that we're able to to talk and we also want to make sure everybody you know obeys the law and the guardrails and everything else but we're really getting uh, some great illustrations of that in all these cases that are moving forward and we're going to continue the conversation um, but to our listeners thank you so much for joining us we hope you've enjoyed our, our interview with Alveda King and indulged us in a little bit of a political discussion but we are going to continue the conversation next week join us next Saturday night same time same place you're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.